From historic Filipino town in Los Angeles, California, I'm Daniel Crook. I'm Michael Yunez, and this is Hot Dogs. Bananas. Switch! <sighs> I just want, okay, so I want to bring up this one idea. Okay. The last time that I can remember there being some sort of versus movie in theaters with prepackaged corporate entities that had franchises around them, however, however you want to call it. AVP? No, Freddy versus Jason. But, but AVP, AVP also kind of plays in here. Mm-hmm. But more Freddy versus Jason because, so they're obviously villains, but they have yes. very distinct personalities. The alien and Predator are just, they growl in different pitches. Mm-hmm. But it may, even though Freddy, Freddy versus Jason is absolute garbage. Yeah. It makes a little more sense that they would be squaring off. Like, it, it just, I don't, I, I sort of outright reject the idea that our two greatest heroes are turned into villains just so they can, like, we can pit them against one another. Yeah, they, they do provide a very poor reason for them to fight. Yeah, why? Swish! I think because of just how dark and bleak it is, it, think, it really does think it's making some sort of profound statement on the temperature and light of the world right now. Yeah, they were trying to make a movie that looked important and felt important um, without actually having anything of substance to say. I don't know if that memo made it all the way down to Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, who I think is... To me, this was his Rain Man audition. What's wrong with his performance, Dan? Oh, God. It's tough because I'm such a fan of his. He's playing Lex Luthor like the Joker, is what he's trying to do. You know what? Jesse Eisenberg was the only actor in this movie who was making choices. I completely agree. I appreciate that. No, I don't think it's it's his Eddie Redmayne in Jupiter Ascending, for instance. Wow. But it's it's not it's actually a pretty good comparison now that now that you've made it. It's but, funny, uh, like before I said it, I was going back and forth on whether it is or is not an example <laughs> of that. But ultimately, I think it's not because no, Eddie, Red, Eddie, Eddie Redmayne is just vamping. Yeah, you you know which direction he's going to go with Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, even though some vocal patterns start to emerge as it goes yeah, on. It was ticky. You at sure. least very ticky. But my point is that you at least didn't always know exactly when he would zig or zag. I was honestly most interested in the movie when he was on screen, even though I thought he was a terrible Lex Luthor. It was just a huge miscalculation. The whole Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor experiment. I, I think that they cast him because they were trying to make some sort of dark Zuckerbergian overlord yeah. with the tech angle. But the production design does not reflect that. The story does not really reflect that in terms of where we explore within LexCorp or whatever yeah. it's called. And um, he's not believable in any way because I have no idea who this character is. And same goes for every single character in the rest of the movie. Swish! It's interesting. You have not seen Man of Steel. No. Which but, is a good I can, thing. I can now say that I've seen Michael Shannon Zod several times. You have seen Michael Shannon reprise his role as Zod as a corpse. The destruction porn in Man of Steel is probably worse than Batman vs Superman if you can imagine that. And what's it it seems like they heard the criticism loud and clear and decided to make that the whole point of this movie. Well showing showing Batman saving people from the rubble of Wayne Enterprises when like Metropolis the Wayne Tower. Was, was when Metropolis was being thoroughly messed up. The big complaint was that cuz Superman the character of Superman has always been he would never let a single person be killed. And that is, you know, sometimes that's very difficult. And now, but, and now in this version, he looks like Satan with those glowing red eyes. Because because he doesn't even well, yeah, he looks like a gargoyle. Yeah, visually, they they make him Satan look like a villain. Him. But even in Man of Steel, a lot of people died because of his negligence. He just didn't seem to care about people dying. So now 
enters Bruce Wayne. All this destruction from his perspective is, um, how you say, doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Uh, And I'm pretty sure as an audience member, I can totally agree with where Bruce Wayne is coming from. Here's the thing, though. You know know from the get-go that we're going to have Batman pitted against Superman. It's there in the title. Oh, yeah. The, mo- the movie is already a foregone conclusion, so I just think it's not... When you know they're going to fight, yeah. it, you're just wasting time until they fight. Like, like okay, so he there, there's a vengeance element. He, he, wants to, he wants to punch him in the face for what he did to that little girl, but to make you wait two hours for it when like i don't think it i don't think it worked at all i don't think there that was enough of a reason for them to fight and his weird speech about how if we think there's even a one percent chance that he's our enemy we need to take it as an absolute certainty and destroy him like what the hell kind of a philosophy is that that's like beyond fascism the last several iterations of batman like whether the video games or the movies everybody's been kind of all over Frank Miller's version of Batman, which is a total dark, brooding, violent criticism of fascism. The problem is when you don't understand that at all, you just have a dark. Brooding... And when you don't understand how to spell the word fascism, probably. Probably not. Yeah, Zack Snyder, I don't think knew what he was doing across the board. I would say. Well, I think that he let. Let's dispel with the notion that Zack Snyder does not know what he is doing. Zack Snyder knows exactly what he is doing. He, I do think. I think that he legitimately believes. That. I think in his heart of black hearts, he believes that this story is is grittier and a little more edgy and a little more real because of those things to cast everybody in soot. I, I think that he. I think that he would rather have a real fight rather than have an action hero fight. Like I think he was a kid who like maybe tortured animals uh that's hard that's the case but i think he's he is I such think a nihilist he, and his movies are so ugly to watch they're ugly um sadistic mm-hmm. often and just... when, when people talk about quentin tarantino as a sadistic filmmaker who takes all this glee and violence mm-hmm. obviously there's some merit to the fact that he enjoys photographing a splatter fest and 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 really making the audience confront it very immediately yeah, yeah. through the different cinematic elements he takes glee in the artifice of it, if, you, if you're going to go there. But Zack Snyder, like, I think that he likes the sound of nails on a chalkboard, basically. Like, I, I think that this sort of stuff satisfies his bloodlust in a way that is actually grotesque and gratuitous, what people say about Tarantino. But I, I think, think so, I, and I think even in his Because his movies, movies are joyless and humorless. Even in his films that are supposed to be violent, you look at his adaptation of Watchmen. Watchmen is a is a very dark, very violent story uh, with some really horrific images. And Zack Snyder's film version is dark and gratuitously violent in ways that the graphic novel doesn't even allude to. But it, it, it makes me so mad because the way that he deviates from Watchmen, just specifically talking about the violence, the rest of the time he's obeying the frame choices and the panel of it all like mm. very, very strictly. That's the best thing about his Watchmen is that there are just direct images lifted from the graphic novel and they were beautiful to begin with and they cannot be completely tainted by Zack Snyder except in the times when he literally breaks an elbow in the scene. Like mm. I, I can see the panels for that, that uh, back alley mugging. Yeah. I know exactly what's coming. And, and and then you have a bone come at you like it, you would think in 3D through the middle yeah, of the screen. Yeah, blood squirting. It's very right upsetting. It's very upsetting. Swish! What did you like about Batman vs Superman, if anything? What did I like about it? I liked Jeremy Irons. I liked Jeremy Irons quite a bit. Jeremy Irons was a good Playing choice. Playing Alfred. Um, he was Q, really. He was Q from the Bond films in a lot of ways. Sure, he was like. Uh... 
There's no he Lucius like, Fox. He was here. like he was like Jarvis. Um, He's like Jarvis. Iron Man. Except Paul Jeremy Irons is much more affable and has nice timing. Yeah, he has great timing, which is serves him well uh, because he has some pretty terrible dialogue that he has yeah. to get through. Well, speaking of terrible dialogue for Academy Award winners, the second thing I like is I like Holly Hunter in this movie, who just like Jeremy Irons is in a completely different movie than the rest of the film. Yeah, um, she she is one of the more interesting. She performances she is in the film, um, dragged yeah. through the mud in a way that is only exceeded by Amy Adams's Lois Lane, and we can talk about her too. She yep. She uh, she drowns. She mourns. She falls mm-hmm. on her face. It's unbelievable because Lois Lane has such a has such a great voice at the Daily Planet, or she, her character is supposed to have this great voice at the Daily Planet because she is a top tier investigative journalist. So she should be kicking ass and like doing spy stuff. And basically, they didn't choose to write her into the story. She's used as bait. She is uh, the damsel in distress. Swish! Well, what can we say about Ben Affleck? I will say that, so I stopped at uh, Rite Aid in Echo Park on my way over here uh-huh. to get a little snack. And and they were playing that, that song like, You had a bad day. Like, yeah. I don't even remember the rest of it or who it is. It's the worst song of all time. Of course. And I just imagine that sort of looping around in Ben Affleck's head throughout the movie. Like, nothing goes right for him. <laughs> Until the end. And even when he technically... Well, even when Batman uh, gets out of this thing okay, mm-hmm. he still loses. Like he's, it's, it's, it's just a. The best thing that I could say about Ben Affleck thing. in this movie is that he looks the part. Mm-hmm. It's kind of surprising to me that a lot of people, even people who are game to shit on the movie, will come out and say that Ben, you know, Affleck's, ben Affleck's incredible. Yeah. And uh, you know, I do look forward to seeing Ben Affleck play Batman in the future but I as too, of but now I don't think there's very much value to anything that he does in this movie uh, but he does look the part and he's clearly a capable actor much better than Henry Cavill is who yeah. really struggles as Clark Kent um, but he you know looks the part as Superman too just to give an example of why you're not getting the full performance from Affleck that you want mm-hmm. I would say the reason why is because the movie isn't giving him the space to Swish! Christian Bale talks like this yeah, but Christian he Bale also talks a lot himself. as Bruce yeah. Wayne. Yeah, he, he does it himself. So this movie, when they give him that voice box that changes his voice. Yeah, it's like a microphone modulator thing. They're trying to have it both ways. They're trying to replicate the Christian Bale rendition of the voice, which is what everyone... Like, no one talked about Batman as someone who all of a sudden became Tom Waits and a pit bull mixed together vocally when, when, when he's in costume. That's not a big deal to me. It's okay. I because, always, I, I always because, get hooked up on the sound I because guess. you give you give Bane a voice. You give any you know you have a conversation. Bane about has vocal any... damage though. Bane has to have that mask. Yeah, and know? Batman needs to hide his voice. That's the point of doing. But a, let a, Affleck a crazy, do it. Is I guess voice. all I'm saying. Like let Affleck do the voice. Give him a little more something to do because when they take away even that performative element away, saying because they're gonna mix in a little boomy sound like a yeah. boomy vocal. You could still hear his voice in it. I think I'd rather I'd rather it be this way than what Christian Bale did. Because as much as I love those Batman films, I didn't. I was not into that Batman voice. So at least this yeah, no, one. No, neither uh, was I. But this is, I, I think, a, an attempt to replicate it, and it feels cheaper because it's artificial. But it sounds so much better than Christian Bale, and and the artificial thing actually is more practical. So then Batman wouldn't have to use any of his energy to disguise his voice. He yeah, can just speak. Because he's given, because Ben Affleck is given nothing to do as Bruce Wayne in the yeah. downtime in the movie. Yeah. When he flips on 
the Batman mask and, and flips on the, the voice box. For me, it's like, yeah, it's it sounds a little less silly, but can you just let Ben Affleck do something? Like, can can you let him try to communicate I agree. expressly I just, on his own? I agree. I just don't think that's where it needs to happen. And I do, and I hear Ben Affleck. Like, there, there are, like, some scenes that are at least meant to be emotional, and I do hear a performance coming from him even when he has that modulation. I do agree that his Bruce Wayne, like, some of the most memorable Bruce Wayne scenes from the Christian Bale era, there's, like, in Batman Begins when he shows up in a Lamborghini to some hotel restaurant, with these two supermodels and he's playing the part of Bruce Wayne and we don't see Ben Affleck given a chance to do that here very much. Just like we don't see Henry Cavill Henry Cavill's any, any Clark Kent <laughs> is just Superman with glasses. Like it you really only see, is. You only see Clark Kent in the newsroom. I'm pretty sure Clark Kent's supposed to be a bumbling fool. Like no, nobody would look at him and think that he's Superman. But this is here. He's like he has like self righteous speeches that he gives in his. Uh, work shirt that's like too tight and his muscles are bursting Two out of him. Two Amy Adams' Lois Lane naked in the tub. Oh my god. Just revealing more and more of herself to the camera the as scene, the conversation the, goes on. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a scene where Lois Lane gets to She's nag uh, she gets to nag Clark yeah, uh, about being Superman and yeah, he gets to be fully clothed standing over her in a bathtub naked. Swish! I have a serious question. Sure. How come in any of the Batman movies, no one ever mentions the fact that Metropolis is right next door? Because it's not. That was just totally made up. You know, the geography of these cities has, you know, there's not there's not much consistency in it. Like sometimes Gotham. But you never get any clear sense of either of these either of these cities, these universes. How ridiculous is the idea that these are twin cities, and this is a world where Batman has been established for years, and Superman is established as well, and they are just now crossing paths when there was only a bay between them? Is it like once the Joker crosses over city lines into Metropolis, Batman can no longer take him? Like, does Superman not save people in Gotham? It's right there. It's like Jer- it's like Jersey though. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah, want you, you don't want to make the Some people don't matter as much as other people. Well, and even when you can make the you can make the commute in a second, sometimes sometimes it's more sometimes you just want to sit on the couch. I tell you man, like these like you could come up with a good reason for these characters to fight when you look at how their philosophies differ. I was thinking about this too. If you just look at their their modes of justice and exactly. their and their ethics on the subject. Mm-hmm. They're n- they are both for good, but they approach them in, in completely different ways. And I have to say, that's what Captain America: Civil War. I was just is thinking that. Like, yeah. I have to give them credit there because if you're, I mean, they're about to do Iron Man versus Captain America, which is also stupid. They're heroes. We should be trying to fix the world's problems. Exactly. But what Civil War does, interestingly, at least in the series, mm-hmm. is the way that it sort of ripples down to the lesser heroes, and it and it puts a huge divide. And exposes the two different philosophies about how vigilante justice, what, what its role it's is in society. It's a battle of ideas, too, yes. about philosophy and about ethos. Whereas in this movie, it's about, he broke my building. I got to go break exactly. him. It's so bad. It's ridiculous. Um, the action is poor. <laughs> there's 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 maybe one uh, solid Batman action scene where he, where he goes and saves... Uh, somebody who's held hostage and he it was it was shown briefly in the trailer um is that the oneer no the oneer i thought was really stupid yeah and it ended up being a horrible dream sequence for some reason there was like oh the dream sequence there was like a 10 minute dream sequence where that didn't uh 
didn't reveal that it was a dream sequence at all. No. Uh, Meanwhile, it's eaten up 10 minutes more of your time. Yeah, and you're, like, trying to, like, piece it all together in the narrative, and you think you're following, and then all of a sudden he wakes up, and you're like, wait a minute, when did it start being a dream sequence? How much of that doesn't matter and wasn't part of the plot? Which makes so much more sense in a movie like Freddy vs. Jason. (laughs) Yeah. Swish! I could keep talking about Batman Mm -hmm. vs. Superman, but honestly, it's as nihilistic an exercise and as curb stomping a thing you could do to yourself as watching the movie again would be to continue talking about it so unless you have anything else you want to say it's boring to think about it gave me a headache it's a loud movie it's an ugly movie um just doesn't make me feel good no i would probably never watch it again and and here's the thing like Obviously, there's all this critical hyperbole, like so-called hyperbole going on around the film right now. But the fact of the matter is it really is a a, a disgustingly ugly enterprise. It doesn't offer much in way of redemption or soul. And it's two and a half hours and everyone in the country is going to see it. So I think that it's totally... I think you're allowed to really dogpile on this movie. Yeah, it's it's really bad. No, I, I actually can't... I can't move my I cannot move my lips and form them around words and project right now. I'm I just can't talk about the movie anymore. It it feels as it feels as gross as the movie does. Swish! Oh, fuck, I don't have it. We're going to have to cut all of that. I can't think of a smart way to say it. But I'm totally fine with yeah. this uh this yeah. episode being us in like a bad mood uh, and fumbling our words and not giving a shit about this movie because it's no, it's I'm, the truth. This is I a- can't even tell you how not even like we both have drinks in our hand right now. You have to. Um, I listened to R.E.M.'s murmur just to listen to something that sounded beautiful after two and a half hours of this clag. Fuck! After two and a half hours of this clanging. It's hard to be enthusiastic about talking about this movie. There's Even though we've talked for so long about it They were not enthusiastic about making it clearly. Zack Snyder, especially with Superman, like what, what... I want to know what interests Zack Snyder about Superman because you would never figure that out from this movie. Superman, Superman's an asshole. Anytime, all that, the time. Anytime Clark Kent Su- is totally uninteresting. Go on. No, I'm, I'm sorry to even interrupt. I no, keep doing it's okay. that. Um, the best thing I could recommend right now, if you want to see a piece of cinema that is both empathetic and throttling, check out Kreisha. Like, if you need, if you need sort of your insulin after this movie go see that because that that is an example of choices working out and and people really having having heart in a movie that doesn't have to i guess cool yeah i didn't see it um, yeah i'll get to it don't worry uh, about it this is this is, a, this is all like credit scroll at this point right yeah we did it yeah man i think we did it i think we did it 